Springs. Nearly 500,000 people. Olympic City, USA. Garden of the Gods. Pikes Peak. It's a growing city. Our local government has a lot of employees. What exactly do they do? How does it impact my life? This is where you find out. Behind the Springs, an inside look at your local government. Welcome again to the latest of many episodes that we've devoted to the pandemic and how our city is struggling and shining, often at the same time. Jen? Hi, Ted Scroback here and Jen Schrader, and we get to hear today about the city budget. And before you start thinking this information is something you don't need to know, or maybe you don't have a head for numbers, let me just say that it definitely impacts you. And it's easy to understand, in part thanks to our guest, um, Sharae McDaniel, and thanks for being here. Um, she's our city's uh, chief financial officer. And Sharae, before we get to the numbers, give us an idea of kind of what this pandemic has been like from your viewpoint, from a budget standpoint, um, definitely something you weren't counting on and how, how do you even start preparing for it? But, um, you know, what has your experience been like so far? Yeah, thank you, um, Jen and Ted, for having me. I appreciate it. And so this was really just, uh, you know, took us by surprise as it, our economy was going great. Uh, we were uh, very looking forward to having another great year. The economy was going, consumer sentiment was high. And so then this was a very unexpected event, of course. And we had very sharp declines, um, obviously, in our revenue, in consumer spending, in just activity in our community. We were, you know, every day as this started developing, every day there were new announcements, uh, modifications in expectations, different things closing down, different things being canceled. And so every day we were getting new information and I just every day was thinking, please, no more announcements. <laughs> Could we stop it was like whiplash. with yeah. the announcements? Because um, every new thing that came out, every changing, you know, then we were like, okay, what does that mean for our revenue? What does that mean for our services? What does that mean for how we interact with our community and the best way that we can be providing services? So every it did feel like every single day we were having to modify pivot relook at the numbers and try to sort of think about you know how are we going to be providing services how are we going to be impacting our community how are we going to be impacting the citizens the projects that are happening in the city and trying to kind of every day it was changing and shifting and so it was very hectic and scary uh you know for us as i'm as well as the entire community so really it was just trying to keep on top of all of the information. Does it feel a little calmer now? You're able to catch your breath a bit. I mean, yes, now you're it, starting to be in that planning It's better. Yeah. We've stopped with all the announcements, which is great. I mean, in the, in the negative way. And so now we're starting to see some positive announcements, things starting to reopen, uh, you know, being cautiously optimistic about our get, people getting back into the stores, back into the restaurants, back out into the community. And so that you know, for us is very good news. Take us into your life a little bit. Um, I know last time we had you on the show, I think it was around the annual budget time. So we were joking, well, maybe you get a little breather and that sort of thing. And <laughs> yeah, I think, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. I think at that point I had said, you guys are one of the hardest working departments in the city because you're working all year round um, nonstop and new things are popping up. So it, has it even gone farther? I mean, are you basically working around the clock right now um, and for the past few months? 
Yes, it was really challenging there. So we had just, you know, had our budget approved, nice shiny new budget on the, you know, yes. and now we're like, okay, never mind. So <laughs> let's like relook at that and having to sort of, yeah, redo numbers almost every day with every new announcement. How is that going to impact it? And so, yes, we've been very busy trying to look at what this means for the city, what this means for golf courses, what it means for Pikes Peak Highway, America's Mountain, you know, all the different uh, segments of the city. What does it look like for our police and fire uh, services, for our park services? So really having to reexamine all of that and try to come up with, okay, what does the plan look like now as we move through 2020? And already trying to, this is the time where we start thinking about next year's budget, actually. So we're already having meetings about what should we be doing for 2021, which is a really difficult conversation to have because there's, we're so unsure about, you know, almost everything. So <laughs> it makes it a challenging situation to go into uh, planning even for next year. So can you give us an idea of, or kind of a lesson for folks out there who aren't familiar with how the city budget works um, and how it's dependent on sales tax revenue? Tell us about how that works, or can you give us a little bit of a 101 for people and why you're watching these numbers so closely and what right. it all means? Sure. So over 50% of our general fund revenue comes from sales tax. Okay. So the general fund is the fund that um, really is responsible for most of what you would think of as governmental services. So police and fire and parks and public works. And so we are very dependent on our sales tax. So when that revenue source is impacted, we really have to pay very close attention. And so that's what we're doing now. We're paying very close attention to as each month's sales tax comes in, we're t looking at that very closely. Is that what we're expecting? Is it more or less than that? And how will that impact then the cuts that we've already made in the city budget? And will we have to make any more? Well, and as employees, we've had a lot of good discussions led by, by yourself and the mayor about what's going on internally with our budget. Mm -hmm. This obviously is a podcast for the public. So um, I want to hit on some of the things that maybe the public might be a little worried about or what they can, they can be seeing in, uh, in how this budget's going forward. I think the number one thing that uh, local governments provide is that public safety side of things. So what can you tell people about that budget for fire, police, um, those sort of services? Sure. So we would never, ever compromise any of those critical public safety services. Those departments know that they are to provide the services to the community that we've always provided that, that the community needs, and we will figure that out. Those are our number one services, and they will always have the resources they need to get their job done. So that uh, should not be a worry to anyone at all. They, we will always be providing them the gear that they need, the equipment that they need. If there's overtime needed, if there's you know repairs on their vehicles or trucks, that will always be taken care of. That is they're our, having to adjust. A lot they're to having this to too. adjust as well. Yeah. They need more uh, of that personal protective equipment. Um, we've been you know said you. You get everything you need. You do everything you need because we'll never compromise that service to our community. That's, of course, critical needs. So that will always be funded and we'll figure out a way to do that. And one of the things, um, as many people may know, when there is an emergency declaration, that pro provides additional funding 
to the city. Those federal funds become available with that emergency declaration. And so those funds can be used for those type of things, all of the masks, the aprons, the gloves, the gear, all of that. So they they have all of that equipment they need to do their job properly. And that's something you're looking at constantly too, that federal funding and what it can be applied for and, and help in terms of the budget deficit. Right. That's okay. correct. And so, and with those funds, um, it will reimburse us for those expenses. So we don't even have to wait to make those purchases. We know going into it, um, once we start seeing a need, then they can start addressing it right away and we don't have to wait on that and then we can get reimbursed. And Ted's right, public safety is a huge concern for people and number one priority, but there's also really important services like paving our roads and keeping our parks maintained. As we know, our parks are being very well loved right now by people. So right. those are also priorities, I assume. Yes. And our public safety or um, I'm sorry, our public works projects are still moving forward. Uh, we know we cannot stop fixing potholes or paving streets or putting in sidewalks and uh, curbs and gutters. So all of those are still continuing to move forward. And so, so I guess that begs a question, you know, from um, residents, then where, where are you cutting? Mm -hmm. So can you talk just a little bit about obviously already the cuts that we've made and where we've taken that money from or sure. found that money, I guess. So we've already made budget reductions of over $20 million. And so for the general fund, that's about, uh, nine or ten percent reduction, and most of that is coming from things that would have already been reduced. So obviously there were travel restrictions, uh, meetings were being canceled, events were being canceled, and so some of those expenditure savings really come from those things that we would not have then been doing anyway. So you know we're restricting travel training those type of things we've also put reductions uh stops on any projects that are not critical infrastructure projects we've put them on hold to see okay how are we going to come through the year and then of course we've also put a freeze on all hiring so any position that is vacant we're not hiring that at this time and so that of course in a service industry as the city is a lot of our expenditures are for people and so when we put that hiring freeze on, that really does save us a lot of money by not hiring those. But it does put a strain on, you know, other people having to pick up the work because we are still trying to really minimize the impact to the citizens of any budget reductions that the city has to take. But we're, um, that was one of the main ways we were able to save. Well, and uh, yeah, I think you're hitting on as well. You know, just talking for my department, but operating costs and that sort of thing. And I think where, uh, you know, we want people to know we're already very good stewards of the uh, taxpayer money, but this has, I mean, really made it to where we can really focus on what is the need um, here and uh, and going forward and figuring out where we can save some of this money. You did hit on um, that people are the biggest costs. Um, obviously, the hiring freeze, we want people to know about that as well. That's uh, That's a big money saver there. Are there other things that are being looked at for the employee side of things? Right. We are trying to, through this whole uh, kind of looking at the budget, looking at the decreased revenue, trying to minimize the impact on our community so that we're not adding that on to what is already occurring in the community. We wanted to be very careful about how we impact the citizens and how we impact the employees of the city. We want everyone to be safe and healthy and do everything we can to uh you know, maintain that level of, of awareness 
for both the community and our employees. And it really is, you know, over 75%, almost 80% of our budget is for our the salary, you know, of the people that do all of the work. We're very people intensive. And so really it's very difficult to do any type of reduction in spending without looking at that very large category. You can do, a, you know, a fair bit in operating, but really that's where you're going to have those impacts. So right now it really is limited to the hiring freeze and, but we're trying to have that, you know, at this point in time, really that's the main impact on them. Can okay. You? And then what, as we go through or as we enter into the summer tourism season, does that impact how you view the budget and what's happening and, and so forth? Yes. So we have a lodging and auto rental tax that's uh, goes to a specific funding source to encourage uh, tourism and economic development in the community. And so the lodging, most of that is lodging tax, which has been hit very so, dramatically, yeah. very dramatically with uh, just closure of many of the large hotels here in town. And so that really is going to impact how we look at that. We have been able to maintain the contracts we have for tourism promotion and we'll really be looking to our partners to promote tourism in probably a new and different way mm -hmm. than they had been planning. And so, you know, the great thing about our community, we have so many outdoor recreational amenities. I think it's really going to be focused on come enjoy the outdoors in Colorado. We have incredible, uh, you know, things to do around here that are outdoors. And so that may feel safer uh, for many people as they come. But, you know, we're a great place. You can drive here. Uh, there's lots of things to do here. And so traveling in that way, promoting tourism in that way, we still want people to come. We have very exciting projects that are going to be um, coming open. The U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Museum is going to be opening. We want to bring people there. We want to bring people to, you know, the arenas and stadiums. So we have a lot going on that really can offer a lot of great fun stuff to do over the summer. So we really want to be promoting it in that way. Can you put your economist hat on for a moment? Um, uh, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the sales tax numbers that we've been seeing come in. Obviously, we don't have uh, April's numbers yet, which I think we're gonna is going to be very telling, as I'm, I'm sure you know. Um, you had mentioned in your first, uh, first answer to one of Jen's questions that it felt good because the economy was really strong, especially in our city. Is that something, as a kind of a two-part question, I want you to jump into what numbers you've already been seeing, but do you think that that strong economy has actually been helping us uh, uh, you know, weather this storm a little better than maybe some other communities? So that's a great question. Yeah, we were just chugging along. It felt great. We were able to you know, be making strides towards a lot of our goals and our strategic plan and in the various departments. And one of the really good things is we have been able to, now that we have online shopping, we are able to capture some of that online shopping sales tax. And at this point, it's voluntary. And we have a number of uh, businesses and agencies that do voluntarily remit their sales tax th through their online transactions. And really, probably had this been five years ago, 
10 years ago, we would have seen even more revenue decline because we did not have that online remittance of sales tax. So I have been very, very appreciative of all of the businesses <laughs> who have been remitting for online sales, their sales tax to the city. I think that it definitely would have been worse if we didn't have that. Um, I so didn't even think of that. I'm yeah. very, yeah, I think that that's been great. And you know, I like to take a little sneak peek into our sales tax numbers as we start getting to the end of each month because I'm tracking that very, very closely. And I, all I can say is I think it's not going to be as bad as maybe we thought it could be. Right. In terms of April? In terms of the April okay. activity when we were really under the complete stay-at-home orders, which we believe will be the worst month. Mm -hmm. And so once we get those numbers once we can see what that looks like then we do anticipate that may activity will be um, a little bit better because we started to open things and also <clears throat> we've been tracking consumer sentiment there's a survey that is done and we really think that probably the worst of it was in that kind of april time frame and we're already starting to see those numbers edge up a little bit so that is good news as well. So I think that I'm going to, I'm knocking on wood that <laughs> the worst I believe is behind us. And so I think that from here really it's going to be as we start to open, as we start to feel comfortable, as we start to get sort of this new way of interacting, social distancing, face covering, all of that, as we start getting into that and more comfortable with it and people start getting out a little more, I think we'll start to see then uh, some some increase in activity and, and kind of getting in, back to those habits. That right. People getting were. back to the things that we were used to doing in a little bit of a different way, I think, mm -hmm. but getting back out there, getting back into the stores, into the restaurants, that type spending of spending a little more. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully yeah. start can, spending if you can. Can you explain for, for people as well that, that don't know when the reports come for uh, sales tax, why, why do we not know what April, I know because mm -hmm. it's a couple months uh, delayed, right. but can you kind of explain that? And then also another two part question for you, cause I'm apparently Jeez, putting my journalism hat <laughs> on hard. tonight or something. Um, uh, can you also discuss, obviously the biggest hit was restaurants and that tax revenue coming in. What percentage usually of the sales tax uh, revenue comes from restaurants? Okay. That's a great question. Um, the first question, let me address the timing of us knowing when the sales tax numbers are coming in. So for economic activity that occurred in April, then all of those businesses remit their sales tax to us in May. And the deadline for that is the 20th of each month. So we've now had them submit their revenue for the sales tax. And then what we have to do is close out the month, get that all reconciled, and then we're able to report on it in June. So that's why there's this kind of two month delay because they remit it, then we have to reconcile and report out the next month. So that's why we're waiting, you know, kind of very anxiously for the month of May to close. So we'll know those April numbers. And the second part of the question is being kind of which industry was hit the most and, and how much of the revenue is from there. And it's a pretty wide disbursement of industries that we have that remit sales tax, uh, restaurants being a very large one. Also, but on the other side, we have the um, kind of big box stores or the warehouse type of stores, which 
could be your Costco's, Walmart's, Home Depot's, those type of things, which has seen a little bit of an increase actually. And so grocery stores also saw a fair amount of increase as people were out kind of knowing they were going to have to stay home, maybe, you know, loading up on a few things. And then as people are at home doing other kind of home projects or, you know, getting out and gardening, those type of things. So we did see a little bit of an increase in those industries. And the, in addition to that, the hotels, in addition to paying the lodging tax, also pay sales tax. And they are a large portion of that sales tax as well. So that obviously uh, declined very sharply. But some of those other industries were able to pick up a little bit. I think this has been more positive than I thought. Yes. Right? yes. Makes, well, I and mean, when you're saying things like the worst is behind us, I think that's a good place to be. So, you know, all we can do is look forward and that's what you're doing. It sounds like day by day, even though you're saying it's slowing down. I know you're still having to watch everything really carefully (laughs) and your job is very challenging. So we appreciate all you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like we really did our job today, Jen. We got some exclusive uh, details of maybe a little sneak peek into the April numbers. Glimmers of hope, Mm -hmm. which is always welcome right now. Yes. Yes. And we're going to hold it, hold you to it that, uh, that the worst is behind us. Okay. (laughs) I am hoping so. I keep, I keep knocking, knocking on That's right. <laughs> yeah, thank you for, for sharing all that with us. Yes, yes. Thank you for taking my mumbling, uh, tough journalistic questions. <laughs> That's right. um, Jen, tell people again where they can uh, get the best information. Yes, we want to encourage you to please continue to follow the City of COS um, on social media or whatever platform you choose. We're just about everywhere. Um, and then also the El Paso County Health Department has some great information um, in terms of staying up to date on the virus, the restaurant openings, you know, all those type of things. A lot of our community partners have great websites and resources for people to to check out and, and be informed. And then my typical thing, because we have been doing so many of these podcasts, uh, live broadcasts and podcasts, uh, make sure that you're either watching us on Facebook, you're rating, liking, subscribing on whatever podcast platform that you listen to. Uh, this has been another great edition of Behind the Springs. And Sheree, I hope next time we have you on, it's going to be uh, uh, maybe celebratory and that we're getting back to normal and, and talking about some of the great projects that the I city is doing. Yes. <laughs> and that your life can get back to, to the normal workload, which is still about 24-7. Thank you again, and uh, we'll see you on the next edition of Behind the Springs. Thank you.